Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Best Got Beat. It's season four, episode eight. My name's Johnny Drury and I'm here today with Joe Edwards. After the uh, morning, Joe, it's the first one of, of 2022. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, I was uh, I was the festive period. It was quite quiet, really, for 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 Walsall in terms of in terms of playing until it all burst into life last Saturday. Happy New Year to you, Johnny, and a, and a hearty uh, Sadler's welcome as well. Um, you, you, obviously, uh, you got a, you got yourself a New Year's treat down at the Banksies, as, as did I. But um, <laughs> no, it was um, yeah, quiet festive period. A bit bit of a strange one. Um, obviously, you know, three games getting called off and. No Boxing Day, no game on the 29th. But thankfully, we got we got New Year's Day, which obviously proved to be worth the wait. It was just um, it was a nice Christmas. I don't know about you, though. I mean, you know, you you have all this um, build up to Christmas, and and it was obviously our first Christmas with a little one, but he he don't know what's going on yet, and um, <laughs> it it just comes and goes, didn't he? It, it's you know, Christmas Day is out the way, and and then that's it really. It just kind of. You know, in our in our line of work, you, you know, you get you get Christmas Day and 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 Christmas Eve if you're lucky, and then you know after that, even though Walsall weren't playing, you know, from Boxing Day onwards, really, it's kind of back to work. So yeah, it was all right, mate. It was it was yours. It was good. It was good. Although this morning's probably the first time I've realised what what day it actually is. Like yeah. today, but feels back to normality. Like over Christmas, you're at games. Even when you're not at games, like if you're in different jobs, you like literally it could be a Wednesday. You could think it's a Saturday. You yeah. just don't know what's going on, do you? But no, good one, um, quiet one. You know, yeah. I did my, did my first few games in the job. Saw hardly any goals. I was with you at Shrewsbury last Wednesday, and it was a it wasn't a drab nil nil draw, but there was no goals. Turned no. up at the Bankses on uh, on Saturday. My first first game I've ever done at the Bankses, and uh, I think we were just hoping for one goal, really, weren't we? And uh, we sort of we sort of got a lot more than that. I think if uh, if Matt Taylor and Walsall were had set a sort of New Year's resolution to 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 come up with some more sort of entertaining score lines, I think they've uh, they've got it in one really. What a what a what a cracking game it was! First time they played since I think it was December the eleventh. You said to me, um, yeah. it, it had everything. I know you were as excited as them uh, them Walsall fans that spilled onto the pitch at the end. You know, uh, I, I, off air I just asked you, but I, but I asked you on air. You know, have you recovered? Have you calmed down since Saturday? Just about, <laughs> just about. I've had yeah a, a good, a good few uh, a, a few sleeps now. Um, just about, um, but now it's um, it was brilliant. And you know, I, I did, I did wake up on Sunday because I sometimes, you know, for a Monday paper, I will, you know, um, get to sleep on a Saturday evening and then wake up on Sunday and kind of finishing everything off. But I had that. Kind of buzz on Saturday after that, and I thought, right, I'm going to write it all now. I've got, oh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, stay up and, and write all about it. And I did wake adrenaline, up. That was, adrenaline that was adrenaline, just keeping course, you going, coursing through <laughs> my veins. And um, I did wake up on Sunday and kind of think to myself for a second, am I overegging the pudding here? Uh, you know, have, have <laughs> I kind of bigged it up to be more than what it was? And you know, after. a Split second of thinking that I thought, no, I haven't at all. Actually, it was, it was fantastic, and I, I did say in my um, analysis piece that you know these are the games that yeah, remind you of, of why football is so special. And after seeing three games in a row postponed, going the best part of a month without seeing Warsaw play, 
and you know not having a game on Boxing Day, which is obviously you know a fantastic tradition that Walsall missed out on this year, and you know a couple of other games falling by the wayside as well. It was it was a timely reminder of just how special football can be, the highs and lows, the you know the the roller coaster of emotions the, that it brings. Um, yeah, Walsall didn't win, but in many respects it felt like a win. And um, yeah, they made mistakes in the game. You know, we'll touch on it a bit. You know, the, the defending, you know, for some of the goals was you know borderline calamitous, really. But the character and the spirit that they showed, you know, to 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 draw free free, it was the least that they deserved, I think, from that game. If they if they would have come away with anything less, I think it would have been a bit of a travesty, to be honest. So. Um, a great way to, to begin the new year, a, a fantastic 90 minutes of football, 96 minutes of football, whatever you want to call it. And um, yeah, and if it's a sign of things to come, we'll have a few more, uh, you know, entertaining games uh, in the weeks and months to come. Yeah, I think, you, I think you're right. Well, I, you know, I was driving home, I was like, you know, what a game that was. I think you you sort of think back to other games you've you've sort of seen in the past that sort of stand out there. You know, this is a game that I'll sort of talk about for, for years when you talk about great games. There's a couple that spring to mind. I remember at West Brom Colchester about 15 years ago and they were 3-2 down, 1-4-3. Telford play, uh, played Solly Moores in the FA Trophy a few years ago as well. I don't know if you remember it. Yes, I wasn't at that one, but I do remember yeah, it, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was there that day and uh, they went 1-0 up, then it was one all, and then I think... They scored in the 94th minute and then conceded a penalty in like the 99th minute or something and um, they saved the penalty. And they're the games that stick in your memory, aren't they? The, the games that, you know, that have the goals, have everything. Um, and, and this is going to be one of them. And like you say, after all that's happened and all the postponements and um, and sort of lack of action over Christmas, it was a great way to start the year, wasn't it? But there's so many talking points to come from the game. Um, yeah. And we'll start on probably a bit more of a negative note than, than we'll probably end on. You, you, you mentioned there about the poor goals. I, I went outside to speak to the fans after the game and I spoke to a couple of fans and they, you know, they were jubilant and they were buoyant and we spoke a little bit about January as well and spoke about Otis Khan and how well he played and then spoke to a very nice elderly gentleman um, who just spent a, a minute just questioning what Taylor had been doing with the defence in the weeks that he'd had off and, and talking about the calamity of the defensive errors and even though... Sort of, there was so much positivity in the air. He was quite right, really, because the defending was was pretty slack. Certainly, you know, the first goal, four minutes in, you want to keep it tight, don't you? Newport were a good side, and it seemed like they were able to not walk the ball in, but it was quite simple for them to, to take the lead, wasn't it? I know the, the lad up front, Dom Telford, I think, is a, is the top scorer in the league, but I think if you give him that much space, you know, he's always going to punish you. Yeah, I mean, that was exactly the start that they wouldn't have wanted. And, you know, while they may argue the only, you know, switched off for... A split second, that's all that the top scorer in the division in Telford needs. You know, he's got 16 goals now, and if you give him, you know, that time and space, he'll he'll punish you. Um, yeah, it was poor defending for the for the first goal. I mean, obviously the second goal is just bizarre in that Connor Wilkinson. You know, I think he think you know feels there's a man behind him, and you know he just kind of it's almost a moment of panic or not quite having the, it was a great the time finish. to finish. Yeah, yeah, finish, yeah. I mean, it's just striker's instinct, but oh, uh, but at yeah. the wrong end. Um, and then yeah, the the third one was again, you know, the, the the hit the bar and then Telford, you know, gets snaps it up on the rebound. But again, the, you know, they they basically just carved Warsaw open um, 
and straight after Walsall had scored themselves. And you know that's a you know Walsall have had defensive shortcomings this season, but as 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 Taylor kind of mentioned afterwards, that they've not really done that in that they've scored a goal and then conceded straight away yeah. twice. You know, twice in the same game. So that's obviously. You know something that they've got to work on and make sure that they keep things steady. I mean, you look at the back four now, and um, Manny Monf is he's going to be missing for a while. That was the first game of his seven-game suspension. Um, Ash Taylor coming in, that uh, you know that him and Wally Manyese haven't played together a lot, and you know there will be um, some some teething issues there. You just have not too many the the the, the cost. Uh, Warsaw points, but um, yeah, it, I, I think there was an element to it as well. I, that I think that yes, the defending was bad, but I think Newport equally did play their part. I thought they, you know, they in Telford, the, the goals don't lie. I, I think he's probably the best player in the division that, that I've seen um, this season. You know, he, he's, he, you're not going to come. Ac- come up against a player like him every week, not just in terms of his goals, but his link-up play, the way he carries the ball, low centre of gravity. Maybe had they been against a less potent attack, they would have got away with some of their moments. So, you know, I do think Newport played their part as well. It wasn't all just Warsaw handing them goals on a plate, but equally, you know, they do need to to, to book up and, and just, you know, avoid those moments because for, you know, throughout December-ish and... You know, they, they they obviously got the three 0 win over Colchester, and that was a pretty solid defensive display. They had started to slowly rack up a few more clean sheets, so after conceding three, um, you know, on, uh, last weekend, you just hope they can, you know, tighten up for 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 Stevenage. I wouldn't, you know, obviously there is a few a few alarm bells, but um, I wouldn't say it's a, you know a crisis or anything just at this minute. We'll have to see how he moves further on. Yeah, like you say, if you score three goals at home, you expect to win a game. You don't expect yeah. to concede three at home, dear. But, um, no. but there was a, a never say die actually, though. I know Taylor spoke about it at the end. I think that was the, the main line out of his um, his reaction to the game. And, and that was the case, wasn't it? The last 10 minutes were just, you know, they throw everything but the ki- you know and the kitchen sink even at, <laughs> at, at, um, at Newport. You know, they could have scored two, two or three in that in that run up to to Wilkinson's uh, Wilkinson's worldie, which we'll come on into <laughs> in a minute, but they were just peppering that goal, weren't they? And it was almost just a matter of time. But I suppose it did get to a point where you're like, oh, it's 95, are they going to do it or not? Yeah, and they could have had about four or five penalties. <laughs> there was some I mean, shouts. There was they, some shouts. They had some shouts. I mean, they were getting wrestled to the ground, um, most notably by James Clark, you know, former former Walsall man, you know, a bit of a villain of the piece, to be honest. Um, but he was really kind of manhandling Ash Taylor on a couple of occasions, uh, Connor Wilkinson on a few occasions as well. And I think he could count himself lucky to, you know, to not have given away at least one penalty, to be honest. Um, but yeah, Walsall, they, you know, they sometimes, I mean, obviously, you know, we are kind of, spoke to you before the game about some of their traits and I think one thing I didn't me- quite mention but had been apparent throughout the season is that you know when they've been chasing games that they've just had this uh, habit of lumping it long to George Miller and hoping that he can do something with it 
because knowing that George Miller will run the channels, he'll work his socks off, so we'll just lump it long to him and see what he can do. And, you know, it hasn't really worked. There wasn't really any sign of that um, against getting, Newport. Getting it wide quite a bit, weren't they? Getting Get, in the box and getting it wide. Across, yeah, exactly. Getting it wide. Get, you know, work. You know, switching it quickly. You know, trying to play through the thirds, not just skipping the midfielders out or skipping uh, Emmanuel Osadibi out or you know Connor Wilkinson out. They're actually you know building gradually, and you know it was patient. You know while they were still. You know, seeking a goal, um, it was a reward for their for their patience. The, the fact that it came in the ninety fifth minute, I think, it, had, it, had it been a couple of months ago, they would have had twenty minutes left, and it would have just been pump the ball to Miller, pump the ball to Miller. Let's keep going, let's keep hoofing it, oof, hoof, hoof. Um, you know, while Walsall have you know shown more than that at times, that there was a there was a tendency and a habit just to fall into that, whether it was consciously or subconsciously. Just to fall into that habit when they were chasing games, right? We'll just we'll just stick it long to Miller. But the, again, there's none of that. So I think that does show signs of positive development, and you know they're not snatching as things as much. Uh, yes, not everything went in, but it wasn't a case of again what we've seen from Warsaw many times that they're snatching at chances and they're passed up so many opportunities. You know, it was free free, but I, I wouldn't say Warsaw were massively wasteful in front of goal either that they, 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 they got their moments and they kind of made them count they didn't miss any massive sitters so uh, again yeah there's things to work on they're not the finished article of course but um, I think you come out of that game with more positives than, than negatives for sure yeah definitely and one of the positives was that uh, that 95th minute uh, minute worldy from, uh, from from Connor Wilkinson you know I straight away after I, I, I was like that's that looks like a goal I've seen before, and then it come to me. Deli Ali scored a goal for Spurs against Palace a few years ago, where he's got it on the edge of the box, he's flicked it over his head, and then he's volleyed it in the bottom corner first time. Yeah. Um, and it went bottom corner, and everyone, I remember everyone raved about that goal. It still comes up now on like best cup prem prem goals or anything on Sky. You know, you get all these yeah. Sky programs that play on repeat for like three hundred days a year. Or yeah. Something. <laughs> and then I was like, but I think Wilkinson's is better because he's flicked it over his head, and it. Anything looks better when it goes in the top corner. Yeah, I'll go. Let's, let's be honest. You can shin one in the top corner, and it'll still look quite good from from twenty <laughs> yards. Um, but this is a clean strike, top corner. You know, he's flicked it over his head. A great piece of skill, um, and it was a fa- it was just a fantastic. I can't think of many that I've seen better than that, especially in the circumstances as well. Well, you compare it to Ali, and it is it is it's a goal that wouldn't have looked out of place in the Premier League. It was a goal that you know worthy of top flight football, and had it. As we said in the video afterwards, had it been in the Premier League, it would have been replayed on oh, match, yeah. match of the day over and over again. Um, Messi scores that for PSG, or if he was when he was at Barca, yeah, in the Champions League, that'd be they'd be going on about that for weeks. Yeah, you, but, you don't hear the last of it, yeah. But um, that just shows, in a nutshell, really, the the quality that that Conor Wilkinson has. Uh, you know, very few in the league, and possibly even the league above, to be honest, possess. Kind of the natural talent, I think you'd say that, that Wilkinson has the way he carries the ball, obviously the way he strikes a ball with both feet as well. I mean, both of his goals came with his weaker right foot um, on Saturday. He, you know, he's a polished, classy player. The, the problem has been just keeping him fit, and um, you know, a succession of hamstring issues. Um, 
you know, there'll be a piece coming out. We, we kind of, he kind of admits himself that he's probably been guilty of not managing his in, injury troubles well enough. Um, maybe a bit of you know eagerness on his part to get back and help the team out when they've been in difficult situations, and you know maybe overloaded himself. I mean, there was that after his I think his second issue, he came back you know towards the end of November, start of December, and he was even playing the you know the EFL Trophy games and things like that. And maybe you know in hindsight, he had a few too many minutes in a short space of time, but. If they can keep him fit, and I know it's I know it's a niff, but if they can, I mean, he, he he'll make such a difference. Now, I think if you have him and Altis Khan, you know, touch wood, they they're getting, you know, committed for the rest of the season at least. If you have him and Altis Khan in the same team, um, you know, supplementing, you know, George Miller, who hopefully will get back up back back among the goals soon. I think you've got a really potent. You know, front line there that will come up with goals, will come up with assists. Of course, you got the likes of Brendan Keane and to factor in as well. So, you know, Walsall are looking good on an attacking front as long as they can keep everybody fit. And Wilkinson, that goal. I mean, as we say, words don't really do it justice. And again, if you haven't seen it yet, make sure you do. Um, but um, he's a he's a fantastic talent and. Um, just, just the the main thing is he's making sure he, he stays in injury free now. Yeah, it's like you knew what I was going to say next, Joe. So I'm coming on to Otis Khan. <laughs> talk about him. We mentioned his contract situation, which we're going to tackle later. We'll talk about January business and and what's yep. going to go on. But you know, as I said to you when I when I got to the best got the other day, I think I told said at Shrewsbury when we were there the other the, the previous week. Yeah, I saw a lot of Khan last year for Tramia, and I was quite impressed by him. Tramia were a bit off sorts in the first half of the seat. Well, first quarter of the season last year but Khan was was one that stood out to me and obviously he's gone out the exit door at Prenton Park which I was surprised about at the end of the season Walsall have picked him up for me he was probably the best player on the pitch for Walsall on on Saturday he just makes everything tick his delivery was superb all afternoon I thought the odd one or two might have might have uh, might have gone astray but he's pivotal isn't he to to everything that that, that the Saddlers do going forward his his delivery is is the best I've seen in that league by by a mile. Um, you know, this season I've not seen a not seen a player take a take a set piece as well as he does, and with the conviction that he does. And, he, and he's not just a set piece, you know, player. He he carries the ball well. He's tenacious. He gets stuck in. He'll he'll work, you know, and help out defensively. You know, it, it is a it is really important to try and get him tied down. You know, if they can. I mean, it's. Um, yeah, you know, I, th- I think you know he he'll have enjoyed his time. I mean, there's, there's nothing um, you know as a footballer quite like playing week in week out and playing in in a position where he has that license to attack and to score goals and to assist. I, I think you know you, you you mentioned yourself. I think he played as a wing back, didn't he, for for Tranmere yeah. for a lot of last season. You know, and while he has played as a fullback at times for Warsaw when they've been short injury wise. Largely, he's had that license to just basically, yes, you, you know, also have a framework and a system that they have to stick to, but he has the license to express himself and to really, you know, he, he's the, he's taking every corner, he's pretty much taking every free kick. I mean, even if they had penalties, I mean, I don't know whether he'd be on them, but you know, he's he has a lot of chance to get on the ball and to show his quality, and he's playing every week now. He had to wait to. You know, a good month or two, you know, to really kind of get into the team. But over the last five, six, seven weeks, he's really, 
shown his quality and um, you know for me he's, he's you know, it's an absolute no-brainer. If he's happy to stay around, then you know, you, Warsaw, Warsaw, I'd, I'd imagine. You know, well, from having spoken to Lee Pomley, spoken to Matt Taylor, they're desperate for him to stay. Um, so as long as he can agree to it and it all financially makes sense, then, then, then that would be brilliant. So um, yeah, fantastic player. He, he you know, the, and it's testament to what you can find in the free agent market. Um, you know, not everybody, not everybody's going to turn out to be as successful as Otis Khan, but it just shows that there are players out there that you know, if given a chance and given an opportunity, as long as they've got the right mindset, um, can be really valuable. And um, having had that success with with Khan, you know, Walsall, I'd, I'd imagine, you know, well, there, there will be. I know, I know that for sure. They will be keeping their, you know, their, their ears very close to the ground in terms of the free agent market and looking to unearth. You know the next Khan, and you know to 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 make sure that they're you know in a good position moving forward. Certainly, well, he has been a success so far. Just just finishing off the chat about the three three thriller. Uh, I know that emotion spilled over at the end, didn't they? Uh, yeah. You know, fans fans come onto the pitch. I know the guy on the tannoy was saying that fans were letting the club down to get off the pitch. You know, it, emotions do spill over, um, but we know that you know the EFL do clamp down on this quite hard now. You know, have we heard anything in terms of? Any sort of reprimands for Walsall? I'm guessing there'd probably be a fine at some point. Um, are we any sort of wiser on that? Has anything happened so far, Joe, or are we just waiting to see? We're still waiting, but I mean, we we touched on the game that we went to, that Shrewsbury game last week, and there was an FA charge for for failing to keep control of the players, yeah. and that was that was basically just classic handbags. You know, at the time, me and you thought nothing of it. Um, so if the FA are coming down on that, I'd, I'd very much imagine they'll come down on this. Um, that you know that there'll be a, some sort of charge um, in the offing for Walsall. We've not heard anything official yet, but I'd, to be honest, I'd be surprised if there wasn't anything. Um, I think Walsall will probably be, be braced for something. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But um, I think it's fairly safe to say there'll probably be some some sort of action, you know, coming coming Walsall's way. Which is, it's a shame, obviously. Um, you know, and you'll mention it to you know the outside fan that oh you're coming on the pitch for a free free draw against Newport. You know that's a bit tin pot. You know that people people will say that fans of other clubs, but I do understand getting swept up in the emotion. You know, it, it running onto the pitch isn't the right thing to do. I'm not excusing that, but uh, you know that it was you know a, a fantastic game of football and a brilliant strike. Um, you know, it, it's hardly going to just be you know a, a case of just. You know, light applause, but um, yeah, going onto the pitch, yeah, that's a, it is a bit over the top. But um, you know, I do sympathise, you know, with some of the people somewhat because it was just such a such a unique game and such a you know almost a one-off. Really, I don't know if you know many fans will see a game like that, whether they've seen it before or whether they'll see it again. So um, yeah, a final probably be coming Morsel's way, but um, hopefully it won't be uh, you know too costly. Yeah, not to finish on a negative note, I'll finish on a positive note with that. I watched the highlights back when I got back home on uh, on Saturday just because I wanted to see Wilkinson's goal again. <laughs> anyway, watched the uh, watched the, the fans coming on the pitch and there was a guy who made a straight line run from behind the goal and he had a plastic bag in his hand like he'd been shopping and he, just, he had his arm in the air like Alan Shearer <laughs> celebrating and he had a big plastic bag. 
I'd be interested to know what was in the plastic bag, to be honest. I've never taken a plastic bag full of stuff to football, football no. match before. But this guy, he had a big bag with like a, I don't know whether it was a Tesco bag or some sort of supermarket bag. Other supermarkets are available. Um, but another another bag. Uh, and he ran on the pitch and it, it made, me, made me laugh. That's a positive mm, note to on, Maybe but, he'd been to Matalan around the corner and bought yeah, himself a coat or something like that. Yeah, Potentially. But if you're uh, <laughs> if you're on social media and you're listening, you know, let us know for the next Best Got Beat. Let us know what was uh, what was in your bag. Um, <laughs> so there we go. That's, that, that's the 3-3 three, three draw right away. The excitement. We'll move on from that now. Um, in today's Express and Star, if you've picked up a copy, if you haven't, buy a paper. Um, Joe Always Ellis, helps if you can uh, buy a paper. Keeps yeah. us in a helps keep us in the job. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, Joe, Joe's been speaking to to Lee Pomlet. I know there's been stuff that's come out in the last few weeks on various different topics. Yeah. Um, interesting piece in, t- in today's Joe. I know he's talking about investment, the ground, the Saddlers Club. Um, so we'll just touch on a few of them. Of them points. Um, some very interesting lines in terms of potential investment. I know Lee Pomlet is looking for outside investment to, to come into to Walsall, but you know, very cautious, really. You know, in terms of who they want to bring in or who they want to to identify. You know, just just bring us up to speed on, on what you've been sort of chatting to Lee about. Yeah, so you know, able to to go down to the to the bank season, have a I think it's best part best part of forty minutes with um, with Lee, which you know, gracious with his time um, and touched on. You know, a lot of different things. Obviously, been a been a series of stories that have that have come out over the festive period, and you know, yeah, one of the main topics was was that look for investment because he's you know he said previously you know we want to get investment to supplement what we do and help take us to the next level, but you, as he said, you know that they've got to be very careful in terms of who who they're looking you know to to get into the football club. I think we saw recently that there was this all. You know, a furor about um, that NFT cryptocurrency firm that wanted to get involved at Bradford, um, and all the kind of controversy that came off off the back of that. And you know, I know I know they've they've not done a bad job, but you look at like you know the likes of uh, you know the Hollywood duo at Wrexham and 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 stuff like that. I, I think that's been probably been a good thing for them. But you have to be very wary of. You know people's motives when they're investing in football clubs, whether they're actually doing it, you know, for their own personal gain or whether they're doing it for the for the club or, or you know what I mean. So it, it's just warning of the of the perils of that, really. Um, of course, you know, a wider topic is whether the EFL's fit and proper persons test is really been fit for purpose over the years. But regardless of that, you know, Pomlet says, well, it falls on on me to make sure that. Anybody that is investing in the club has got has got you know the right interests and you know isn't just there for a quick book or, or anything like that. Um, you know, I mean, Pomley himself has been a fan, you know, all his life, and you know, having having you know got got you know majority ownership from from Jeff Bonds who wants to you know obviously help the club push forward and reunite the club with a freehold for the stadium and you know. Renovate that rundown Saddlers Club that that is, you know, which he says irritates irritates him every time he visits the stadium, which I can understand because it, it is rundown. It is, you know, it, it's a bit of an eyesore to be honest, um, and it's you know it's obviously out of use. That building is you know useless at the minute. So, um, but obviously to 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 secure the freehold and to renovate the Saddlers Club and to improve the playing budget and to and to get into League One and to, you know, it all requires capital. And, um, 
you know, and 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 that is where you know inve- outside investment comes in. It's just uh, you know they're hoping to secure something you know within the next year or so. That, that, that's what he said. They're they're hoping to be somewhere within the next twelve months or so. Um, but equally, that COVID has you know scared people. Um, you know, well, scared banks. You know, to trying to secure loans and secure things like that is you know a, a, a more of a tricky you know situation than it was. Um, but it, but the you know the big point of it all is making sure that you know he he, he says he could sell the club tomorrow, which is you yeah, know which, a, I thought which, that was a very interesting line. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, which is yeah, you know that, that despite everything that has happened, people want to get into football. Um, you know these crypto firms and all different kind of startup you know companies now that are looking to you know maximize profit and you know help you know expose their business as well you know are looking to get into football it's you know just because Warsaw are in league two doesn't mean that they'll have a you know a shortage of potential suitors you know that you know there are people looking to get in at all levels I mean look at you know Again, on Wrexham, you know, two actors yeah. from Hollywood investing in a, a club in the National League. We've just had a bit quite close to home the owner of uh, founder of Music Magpie investing in Telford, yeah. and, that, and that, that, that's a minority share. I think that's what is it, twenty percent? Twenty percent, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, the there are people, and be, I mean, what what is it? Music Magpie's valued at what was it, two hundred and ten million or something like that. Like that yeah. So you know. There's plenty of people, not short of a few, Bob, that want to get into football. But um, you know that Pomley is, you know, obviously making sure that they, you know, they're getting in the right reasons. And if you know, if he he says if he sold the club to to somebody and it wasn't right, then he you know he'd re- you know he would regret it for the rest of his life. So um, you know he, he he has said before that he appreciates that his time at the club may have something of a shelf life that, you know, if they're wanting to be a high-end League One club that would be looking to get into the championship, then, you know, they, they would need somebody else to take it on, um, you know, financially. But, um, you know, it, it's it, it was an interesting conversation because it, it's sometimes, well, oh, why, why have we not got this? Why have we got not, not got that? It's, um, you know, it's just a, an insight into, you know, the perils of, of being a chairman, really, and making sure that um, you know people are coming in and and not trying to pull a fast one on you. And um, you know, as we know, football is a you know there are some you know obviously bad examples in football. You know, recently where people have come in with big promises and big ambitions and then not delivered on them, and they've gone sour really quickly. You know, teams higher up in the pyramid that have frowned cash at it. I mean, look at Derby and places like that. Um, you know, even at Walsall's level, you know, clubs have kind of gone under, haven't they? You know, Berry and you know, through mismanagement. So, um, you know, while while it can be frustrating at times, and you know, Walsall obviously now in their third season in League Two, ultimately where they don't they don't want to be there for you know for longer than they they feel they should be. It's um, you know, it's 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 not a straightforward process, and um, you know, making sure the right people are investing isn't. Uh, now he's in a straightforward process. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, you mentioned Berry, Macclesfield are another one. Obviously, they've come yeah. back with quite a lot of uh, investment, as we've seen on uh, Robbie Savage's uh, BBC documentary. And then, you know, Bolton as well almost went yeah. to the wall. I think for all, you know, interesting that, that Lee Pomlet said that clubs 
are coming in for a lot of interest, even down the leagues. But I think on the flip side of that, clubs are more wary now, aren't they? They don't want to be the next Berry, the next Macclesfield, etc. By trying to reach too high or reach for the, for the stars or, or something like that. And I think, you know, just from the outside looking in, Walsall seem to have a, a good man at the helm. You know, sometimes you can have a fan at the helm who maybe gets a little bit too excited and wants to do things massively quickly and get any sort of money in. But he seems to have his head screwed on. And, and, and like you said, they acknowledging that his time at the club might have a shelf life. You know, he's obviously going to do it in a sensible way and make sure, you know, they sort of build, build sl- potentially slowly, but 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 strongly, I suppose. I think they've got a better strategy now, uh, and, and while I've touched on it before, I think you know you. What's crazy is that before the summer, Walsall didn't have a scouting network. You know they didn't have a scouting network. They didn't really have a bridge between the academy and the first team. And while they don't sound like rocket science, you know they, it's it you know it's things that they've put in place since the summer, since having a you know a, a director of football or a technical director as it, as is Jamie Fullerton's title and a head coach. You know, there's a there's a lot more synergy now, I'd say, to, to how Walsall are working. Um, you know, Pomlit said he, himself in the conversation, you know, they don't want to be in a situation now going forward where, you know, a, a manager up sticks, you know, as as Dower Clark did to Port Vale, and then they're left with nothing pretty much. You know, he was the one who was overseeing recruitment. You know, he, he'd made pretty much all the signings. He had the final word on everything pretty much, you know, from a, from a football point of view. And then he left. You know, and and it was kind of a case of starting from scratch, and where do we go from here? Now, you know, you've got a you've got a technical director and a, and a head coach working hand in hand, having discussions with the chairman on week weekly basis. You've got a you know Matt Sadler almost working as the go between between the academy and the first team as like a you know a support role coach, making sure that they you know developing players, but you know giving them the support system to hopefully succeed. So, yeah, you know. While it can be frustrating some of the results and, you know, some people might feel that Warsaw should be, you know, going for automatics or, you know, definitely finishing in the playoffs this season. I, I do think that, you know, that this season, at least now, there's a lot more structure off-field. Um, you know, I think, you know, probably coming into League 2, you know, getting Clark as a manager who had been successful at the level before, you know, he's thinking, right, We'll, we'll get him, we'll get settled. You know, he's been successful at this level before. Let, let's kind of, you know, give it a couple of seasons and we'll, you know, be, be challenging and didn't really work out that way. And, um, you know, I think it's so important now at all levels to have a proper, clear structure and plan. And I think Walsall have that now. So, um, you, you know, it, it was it was an interesting, you know, chat with, with leaders, a couple more pieces to come as well, you know, talking about the relationships that they've got with other clubs in the area now and, um, you know, the work that they're doing with the academy. But, um, yeah, a good chat. Um, good, to, good to catch up with Lee and, um, you know, hopefully we'll do again before the end of the season and, um, yeah, touch on a, you know, hopefully we'll be, it'll be a, a good conversation and we'll be talking about a successful period on the pitch for Walsall as well. There you go. There's, you know, Joe's been talking to uh, to Lee Pomlet, you know, great to see an owner being so open about stuff. We don't see that up, up, up in the leagues that often, do we, Joe? And no, I mean, it's great to see that. Yeah, I mean, in my time doing walls, I mean, it, you know, I, I never, I never spoke to Jeff Shee. Covid, Covid got in, got in the way somewhat, but you know, it was, it, you know, I never really had a direct conversation with 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 Jeff and and um, you know, with Lee, you know, again, you know, just to add that. 
opportunity to to speak to them. He, he's he's good, and he you know while fans not may not agree with everything he says all the time, you know to to have a to have a chairman that he's honest and and upfront, especially after you know Jeff Bonser you know barely said a word in you know years decades really. Um, it's um, you know, it's good to have that transparency. Thinking of adoption, we have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or, alternatively, you can call 01902 553818. Being an adoptive parent can be challenging, but it also brings great rewards. If you're interested in finding out more, please contact Adoption at Heart today by visiting adoptionatheart.org.uk. There we go. So we'll move on to uh, to January now. We're four days into the new year, you know, Transfer rumours are frying around everywhere. Of course, support, they're all coming round. You know, I was I was sitting next to you at the best got the other day, wasn't I, Joe? And in the first half, it was one nil. But by half time, I'd already had to put three transfer stories up about different clubs that we cover <laughs> yeah. at the uh, Star and Shropshire Star. And I was like, bloody hell! You can tell the transfer window's open already. Um, so I know Walsall fans will be chomping at the bit to, to know what's going on. I know we've got questions coming up after, but I think following on from what we were chatting about with the game, first bit of business, you know. What's going on with Otis Khan, Joe? Do we know anything? Yeah, we know sort of contracts coming to an end. They want to tie him down. Is there any noise coming from the club, or, or is it just sort of sitting tight and, and waiting to see what's happening? Well, they're in. They're in. The, the discussions have started. We know that much. Um, you know, Tyler admitted that last week. He, he's he's mainly speaking to uh, Jamie Fullerton, uh, technical director, who's leading now's discussions with with Otis. I mean. When I'd spoke to Pomley, Lee Pomley a few weeks ago, he said that you know as long as Matt's happy, you know, for him for Outies to stay, we, you know, we're ready to facilitate that, you know. So you know, Walsall are doing what they can to to tie him down. Um, you know, I think the ball really is probably in Outies's court now, um, whether he feels it's right for him to stay. I mean, it's interesting having spoken to Outies earlier on in the season that he mentioned that. When he left Tranmere, he put all his eggs in a basket for a move to a League One club, and he, he was sure that it was going ahead. And then it fell through, um, and then he was left, you know, without a club until October, and just doing work by himself and kind of waiting for the call. Really, I think he, you know, had a few offers on the table, didn't think they were quite right for him, and you know, he, I think, mattered. Um, contacted him before when he was at Swindon and expressed an interest in signing him back then so there was a relationship there and um, and, and, and it kind of went from there really and he, he, he came in and trained with Walsall for a while and then obviously was signed and then you know before you know going on to impress as he has in, in recent weeks so yeah there's a very much a desire from Walsall's end to you know to, to keep him around that's that's not in question at all you know Walsall wants to keep him um, just how long they want to keep him for I'm not exactly sure I mean obviously you know until the end of the season is a minimum but I mean as I've said I think 
you know, based on what we've seen, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against giving him an eighteen month deal or you know a two year deal or something like that. I think he, you know, he, this is a player that, based on what we've seen so far, the the way he works and the, his you know his mentality, I think, you know, this he could be a key player for you know for at least a, few, a couple of years. So, um, yeah, I, I, the. The focus on Warsaw's end is, is very much on on keeping him. Otis has said himself previously that you know he, he wants to let his football do the talking, and you know he's got an agent that you know that handles those side of things. You know, he, I, I don't think he wants to let it distract from anything. But hopefully, you know, it, it's been a good <laughs> partnership so far. Really, I, I don't think either either end can really complain. You know, Warsaw have got a player on their hands who's performing consistently and. And, and Khan himself he's having the chance to play games week in week out and as I say in an advanced position where he gets the chance to express himself so you know, fingers crossed that will be uh, sorted out um, you know, I think there may be you know, other clubs that are kind of looking at Khan maybe and, and taking notice of what he's done I mean he, you know, he, he's, he's been a steady performer in, you know, in League 2 for, you know, for, for several years but he's you know, he's having a, a very good time of it, really, at the moment with Warsaw. But hopefully, you know, they can come to an agreement, and it's, um, you know, and that's done and dusted. Because, as I say, if he, if, if he stays around, I think he can be, you know, a, a key player for, you know, for years to come. To be fair, could it be one where Warsaw might like to get him tied down on a, on a longer contract with the potential of, of maybe, you know, making a bit of money out of him in the end? You know, if he wants to go to League One, potentially, you know, he's probably got. He might even have potential from what we've seen to play sort of bottom end championship, which could command a, a fee. But would that would that be potentially something that might be in the minds of the, the those upstairs at, at Walsall? Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's you know, I think, I think from from the player point of view, if you can have a stability of a, you know, he's, he's been on a short term deal. He's been a free agent. You know, for, he's been a free agent for what was it, three or four months. He's had a short term deal which lasted. You know, three or four months, and I think from his point of view, <laughs> without knowing exactly what he's thinking, but it, you know, if it was me, I think you, you know you'd like that stability, knowing that you know you've got at least an eighteen month uh, or maybe a two year deal, you know, in the, in the offing. I think that would certainly help. I mean, he, to be fair, I, I don't think he's the type that necessarily would. You know, moan at six months. I think he's a hard worker, and you know he'd carry on regardless. But if you can have that sweetener of a of an eighteen month or a two year deal, or you know even a twelve month deal that would take him through to next next uh, early next year, then you know that would be a sweetener, and um, that could be enough to you know to help see Walsh the line. But um, yeah, we'll obviously keep a close eye on it, and uh, you know keep keep you informed with any developments. But um, you know, as as it stands at the minute, it's you know, discussions and um, hopefully they, you know, they prove to to turn out well. That's something that fans have been bringing up. You know, they've also been asking. Uh, you know, are there any other rumours flying around, Joe? Any any names that are coming out? You know, I know Matt Taylor said, I think it was last week or the week before. He's got ideas in his head. He wasn't letting too much away, was he? Managers like to keep their cards close to their chest. Um, but is there anything coming out? Is he identified areas he wants to strengthen, or you know, is there players' names that are coming out of the woodwork? Players' names haven't come up, but and while he didn't say what positions they're looking at um, last week, he did say in a fan forum in November. It was a bit of a hypothetical question, but it was like if if the 
if the transfer window opens tomorrow and you could sign player for any position, what would it be? And then he actually gave two in response and said, well, I'd have a fullback and a striker. So I think it's pretty safe to say that those are areas. And I think you look at the team and I don't, you know, I don't think it's, you know, a massive revelation that I think they'd won a fullback and I think they'd won a striker. You know, I, I, you know, Stephen Ward has played pretty much every minute of every game in the league. You know, at thirty-six, and and he's not, you know, he's not been everybody's cup of tea. I think he's been steady enough without really having a blow-away performance, and he's had a few off games as well. But I think, you know, they'd like another left back. To, to help what they do of course they've got Zach Mills but he's kind of covering he's probably seen as more cover for, for Hayden White on the right hand side rather than rather than Ward on the left and if he gets injured as he was for a, for a couple of months then you know Warsaw are looking short so I think a left back you know I think is a given really they've got to get something done there and then a forward you know you you mentioned mentioned it in, against Newport. There was a, a tendency to get the ball out wide, get crosses into the box. You know, with Wilkinson and and um, and Khan and, and even Keenan who missed the game as well. They've got plenty of good crosses of the ball now. You just argue that you know at times they haven't really got a proper target to aim for. Um, you know, Miller holds the ball up well. He, he'll chase after it all day long, but he's not the tallest. And I think you know, in an ideal world, you know, some somewhat of a of a target man really would just give Warsaw a different dimension. You know, if they're chasing games or if they're, you know, kind of playing against teams where they don't where they're not going to get as much of the ball, then you know, having that outlet, you know, of a of a tall striker and perhaps somebody, you know, even if you're looking to mix it up at times, somebody for another to have two strikers and a, you know a bit of a little and large combination. So, yeah, I think. I think that would be it, really. I think they're pretty well stocked otherwise. I know there's there's touching on centre back. Yeah, Monf is out. For with Monf being game, out, man. yeah, I think from their point of view, they'll think that you know if they can get a full back in who can possibly play centre half as well, um, that that would do that would do the job. You know, perhaps getting a left-footed defender who. Yeah. You know, can possibly play centre half if needed. You know, I think that that would be the one. I think they'll look to get a defender who is a full back, probably first and foremost, but can play as a centre half. I think they feel as well as a club that if Hayden White needs to play at centre half, then Hayden White could play there as well. Um, Tom Leake, of course, coming through as well. Um, you know, they're not hugely, you know, well stocked in that area at centre half, but. Uh, you know, looking at it from, you know, from chats that I've had and how they look at it, I think you know if they can get a left-sided defender who kind of fills both positions really in terms of a left back and a centre half. I think if they can get one of those and a, and a centre forward, they'd pretty, be pretty happy to be honest. Yeah, and that rolls us nicely into the questions because everyone's talking about January, everyone's talking about signings, everyone wants your opinion on everything basically. Jason, <laughs> these questions, mate. Um, Andy Wright's fired like five questions in one tweet, so fair play. Fair play, Andy. Get, get, we, had, yeah. we, had a, we had a guy in the baggage broadcast the other week, and he asked three questions in three separate tweets. I think one was about food, which Joe Massey was not happy about. <laughs> and then the other two were about Albion. I was like, he was my fan of the week because he'd asked three questions. But Andy Wright, you're my you're best got beats fan of the week because you asked 
four questions in one year. <laughs> um, so one touching on the loanies. Are the loanies likely to be recalled or signed permanently? Um, Joe, any news on those? They're not expecting anybody to get recalled. They've said that a few times. Um, and I know COVID had changed the situations at some of the parent clubs and some of the some parent clubs across you know the country have been keen to recall players, but Walsall aren't expecting any any of the, to lose any of them. Um, in terms of whether they'd be signed permanently, I think many years it would be the one that you know they'd, they'd look to explore. But again, you know, would that be just in the summer? You know, would would they, you know, I think he's out of contract anyway at Man, Mansfield in the summer. So you know, they're probably, you know, that I've spoke when I spoke to Lee, they're, they're not looking to pay any transfer fees this month. Whether they could just come to a to an agreement with Mansfield that. You know, we'll sign him permanently now. Now, you know, upfront fee, but maybe some sort of that Mansfield holds some sort of sell on or something like that, and then you know they obviously take on his wages and then give him a contract. That could be something that you know maybe could happen. Um, but in terms of the other loanies, uh, I think you know Rushworth will go back to Brighton, and it's a case of enjoying him while he's here. Um, Miller again, you know. Barnsley probably would be looking for a fee if anything was to be done this month but I don't see them recalling him so I think it's a case of probably keeping him for the rest of the season and assessing the lay of the land in the summer and then Shade and Phillips I think you know they're not starting games at the minute so I don't think Walsall you know, would be really pursuing full-time deals for them at the minute you know it you know, I think they're players that are developing and have done well on the whole. But you know, I don't think you know, with them not starting games, I don't think there's necessarily you know, an urgent need to do permanent business there. You know, it, it, I think Phillips will probably end up going back to Huddersfield and maybe going on loan somewhere else. Maybe the same with Shade. I think Shade is out of contract though at Leicester, so he he may well be a free agent come the summer. But yeah, I I don't see. I think many years is the one that there could be a bit of room room for for something to be done, um, but uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know those five loanees at the end of this month just are still the five loanees. Yeah, another one from from Andy. Well, I'll wrap this one into in two questions into one. How far away from a return is Holden, and how much longer will BK be out for? So Brendan Keenan had COVID. Um, they're looking to have him back in the building this week ahead of Stevenage. Whether he'll be able to play a part against Stevenage is, you know, he's up in the air. But um, you know, from from what Matt Taylor said on Saturday, it doesn't seem like that it's um, you know anything too serious. Touchwood that you know he's not been affected by it too much. Um, and then Holden, I think he'll have to play a few reserve games first. I think you know the re- reserves are playing. You know, either this month or later on this month, so he may well feature for them soon. But um, I'd still say he's a few weeks yet. I think he needs to just try and get some uh, reserve minutes under his belt first. I think you know, it'd be a bit of a big ask to chuck him straight back into the first team squad. So um, you know, he's closer, but um, yeah, in terms of him coming on and playing minutes for the first team, I think we'll have to wait a bit yet. Yeah, and for third slash fourth question from uh, from Andy Wright, lots to talk about adding left back. Um, just what we, you know, what you've touched on there, Joe. Does MT think Zach Mills covers that spot, or, or would look to strengthen somewhere else? I think he'll want a left back. I think he'll want a left back. I think he'll think that Mills more so covers the right hand side. 
and can do the left side if needed. But um, yeah, I think they'll like to get a left-footed defender in if they can this month. I think um, yeah, I, I, more so than having Mills as that cover because you know if they just keep Mills, then he's again trying to do. He's the he's the cover for both sides and. Yeah, I, I think they they need another fullback, whether it's a right back or a left back. But I I feel like that you know they'll, they'll want a, a natural left footed defender to be honest. Yeah, we'll rattle for you a few more as we're you know we're cracking on for time now. Stuart B, thanks for your question, Stuart. Um, he's talked about cover for Monthe, which we've already covered, but he said, "Are we happy with Shade and Phillips? Um, could we return them to their respective clubs and replace them with better loanees?" I think. Um, I think uh, Stuart B's sort of confusing you with uh, the technical director or the chairman. <laughs> I, don't you, I don't think you've actually got much call on that, to be honest. I haven't, but no, it is a valid, it is a valid question um, because they have got their five quota, and I think you can have more than five, but you can't have more than five in a match day squad. Um, I think that's the rule, um, but. Yeah, it, but it, it's pretty much useless having more than five loanees anyway. If, yeah. if you can't name one, well, a lot of clubs squad. do it, don't they? You know, a lot of clubs bring in all these loanees in the summer, and then half of them can't go on the bench. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it, it's it, it's it's pretty useless exercise having any more than five, to be honest. But um, yeah, Shane and Phillips, obviously they're not playing at the minute. But again, you know, with Wilkinson having had his injury troubles, Holden still, you know, coming back from fitness. Now, Kiernan's missed a few games here and there. You know, I can see the argument, but, you know, I would be loath to, to kind of get rid of those players and then leave themselves a bit short in attack. I think it's good to have attacking options on the bench. And, you know, Phillips, while he has blown a bit hot and cold, I think he's still scored about five or six goals, you know, in, in, in all competitions. And for his first season of proper men's football... You know, I think he'll be he'll be pretty happy with how he's done. Although he's been, you know, a touchy inconsistent. And with Tyrese, you know, he's he's had a he's had a bit of a he's had a bit of injury trouble here and there. You know, perhaps we've not seen the best of him on a consistent basis. But again, this is his first senior spell, and you know, I think it's to be expected that these young players, you know, are inconsistent and they're they're finding their way. So for me, I I, I think I'd look to keep them. You know, if they can do if they can. You know, find a way to just get players in. Otherwise, on on freeze and and stuff like that. Because I think, you know, at left back and at centre forward, I would like to see, you know, experienced players if if possible. Um, you know, not, you know, not veterans per se, but you know, players with you know with League Two experience under their belt. I think they've got a good blend, but. Um, you know, if if you're looking to you know make a charge towards the playoffs and you know looking to get over the line, I think you know any any battle hardened experience that you can get along the way, um, you know, will stand you in good stead. So, um, you know, I'll, personally, I'd I'd be happy to keep Shaden Phillips as long as you know it doesn't prevent Warsaw from you know getting a you know a left back and a centre forward in. Yeah. Uh, next question, just from Alan. He's got loads of digits at the end of his name, but I'm not going to read them all out. Um, Alan. Alan, we've had such a positive podcast. <laughs> you know, we've been talking about goals, great stuff going on off the pitch. Alan, I've got to read this out because I think it's a little bit harsh. Yeah. He said, Why does the chairman think the squad is going to get promoted? Because it clearly won't. Does he not see the dross we put up with week in, week out? Or does he not care? Now, I think that's a little bit harsh. It, um, yeah. Dross, so, so dross, it, dross so, maybe is a little bit harsh. I've only been to one game, but I, it certainly wasn't dross. Yeah. <laughs> no, there has been some, you know, crap performances. Um, 
But when Walsall have got it right, they've been they've been really good. And I know they haven't won back to back games yet, and that's got to be that's got to be sorted out. But I think over the last couple of months, you can see what they're trying to do, and I think. You know, they've moved away from this tendency to just lump the ball along to Miller, as I say. And I think there is a more style to their play. I think they're, they're grinding out results that they wouldn't have otherwise got. I think that Newport game they would have lost earlier on in the season. I think they would have caved when, when you know, after Newport goals and wouldn't have had the resolve to, you know, to, to, to pick up a point. So, I personally don't think they will get promoted this year. I think they'll finish probably you know top half, probably just a bit away from the playoffs. That's you know if you if you you know right you've got to, you've got to say now where Walsall will finish. I'll probably say about ninth. You know I think they'll be in the conversation and in the mix, but maybe just you know a little bit short, and then they'll prob- properly have a go next year. Um, but uh, yeah, I, with that seventh and you know what are they what are they now five points off or possibly even less now. It's um, it's anybody's game really, and you can sneak into the playoffs. Away, they're they? not a million miles away, so uh, you know I do think it's a touch harsh from Alan, but I understand your point, mate. But um, you know, no, I think they are moving in the right direction at least. Come on, Alan, bit more positivity. <laughs> bit more positivity. Uh, but final question from at George Hunt ninety eight. Cheers, George, for your question. Uh, this is one that's going to really put you on the spot, Joe. Um, so I'm hoping you can come up with an answer. If you could sign any League Two player in January to strengthen Walsall, who would you pick and why? I know it kind of goes against what I've said in terms of a target man, but if I'm going by the best player that I've seen in League Two, then I'm going by Dom Telford. Yeah, he, was, uh, he was good the other day. And it, I think the point you were making about putting balls into the box, I think Walsall, although they do need a target man, they need just a fox in the box. Someone could just poke one in from like five yeah, yeah. yards. Because yeah, there's yeah. a few that just flashed across the face the other day. Um, and I appreciate I've, that's the first game I've seen Walsall play this season. But someone like that in there, he, he would add a lot, wouldn't he? Not that he would. Be, he's going to be moving to Walsall. No, think, no. Um, it, it's it's a purely hypothetical question. But it, you know, if I could sign any League Two player, it, the the player that I've been most impressed with. You know, both times I've seen him has, has been Dom Telford, so you know that would be the answer to that. And just just very quickly, on, on before we move on, I think somebody's asking what will happen with Bates and Perry. Bates and uh, Perry, yeah, yeah, two young players. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bates move out on loan this month. I'm going to try and do some digging there and see what see what's going on with Alfie because he's not been in squads at all as of late. Uh, Sam he's has been in squads and you know he's at least getting in match day teams. But yeah and, and Tom Leake as well he's another one. I just think with Mumps uh suspension, I think Leake will probably stay around um you know for now. But um I think Bates could well be one that could be on the move in terms of a loan move this month. So uh, any developments there I'll be sure to let you know. There you go, Sadler's fans. Thanks for your question. Sorry to the ones we couldn't get uh, through to read and out. Just, just finally, we're going to wrap up. Look ahead to this weekend. Stevenage, as, as Joe's already alluded to, they're struggling down the bottom. You know, hopefully confidence is high in the Walsall camp after that fantastic finish the other day. You know, I can't call it a must-win game, Joe, but yeah, one you'd probably expect Walsall to win this weekend. It's a should-win game, isn't it? <laughs> Not a should-win game. A yeah, should-win. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, Stevenage, they beat them at home. Um, you know they look pretty poor then, to be honest, and I think they've changed managers since. I think Alex Rivel lost his job, um, and yeah, they're you know they're struggling towards the wrong end of the table. You know, it, in in respect to Warsaw, you know, 
Bristol Rovers at home aside, you know, these games against the lower end teams uh, and Carlisle away, sorry. But, you know, Stevenage they beat, Oldham they beat, you know, Colchester they beat convincingly. You know, when when they're playing these teams now towards towards the, the bottom half, it seems that, well, towards the bottom end, that they're, you know, more often than not now, picking up wins. So, fingers crossed that can uh, continue. Um, you know, going into it, I think I'd play Connor Wilkinson. I'd, I'd, I'd have him in the starting lineup. Um, you know, Kieran Phillips struggled at the, at the right side and didn't really get into the game. So, as long as Connor is fit to start, you know, again, you know, we've got to be careful not to, you know, rush him. But, um, you know, if he if he's fit and ready, then I think I'd go. You know, Wilkinson. You know, maybe Khan just off the left side. You know, to to, to start with, and then. Um, and then you know try and get Miller a goal if if, if possible. But um, you know Josh Labadie will be raring to come back in as well. So it'll be interesting how they play in midfield. But um, you know they've got options, and um, I think you know after, after the way that they're looking to get that point, um, the, the way that they beat Colchester uh, last month as well, I think you know they should have too much for Stevenage to be honest. Uh, so fingers crossed that's the case. There we have it. Things are on the up for the Saddlers. You know, we're four days into New Year. We've already had six goals. Uh, everything's looking looking quite good, really, apart from that question from Alan before. Like we said, Alan, positive <laughs> question next week. There's no more negativity. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much for, for tuning in to Best Got Beat. Um, as we said, fantastic game on Saturday. I'm sure going into this weekend, Matt Taylor would take a boring 1 or 2 nil win. Uh, probably be a little bit better on for, for his health. I know he was kicking every ball and, and arms were going everywhere on Saturday. So, you know, I'm sure you fans and probably the manager and Joe as well yeah. will uh, be open for a, for a, a classic 2-0. 2-0. No, no rewrites in the last <laughs> last minute, Joe. Um, we, know, uh, we know how much all us journalists sort of hate that. But even though it comes with the euphoria of a 90, 95th minute equaliser. But, but there we have it. I hope you've had it all had a great New Year, Walsall fans. hope it continues for you. Um, and the best got beat will be back in a few weeks so it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Joe